You are now listening to the Redskins Couch Dad Podcast with your host, Rod Murray. What's up? It's your host, Rod Murray. Welcome to Redskins Couch Dad Podcast. I'm honored to finally get this off the ground, man, and actually do it, so... Hope you enjoyed your listening to in the next 15 to 20 minutes, man. Just want to start off by just saying the origin of this, where the Redskins couch dab come from. Um, just me sitting on the couch one day enjoying a preseason game, man, and just having a conversation with myself and critiquing what was happening and not really much a fan of how the offense was going or defensive highlights or things I thought was spotlighted and found myself just yelling at the television. So all the while, simultaneously being a dad, you know, having a kid running around the house, a wife asking me to do manly chores. So what is a, a, a couch dad that's almost anybody, anybody that's a fan that can't go to the games but loves to sit down on their couch on a Sunday and just enjoy the games while continuing to have to do like I said, those manly tasks around the house. So if that's you, then this podcast is going to be for you, man. So enjoy it, man. But we're going to get on into it. Week one, Redskins, Eagles, and what can I say, man? Just not the game we thought we would start off without the gate. A lot of excitement with all the new faces on the offensive side of the ball as well as on the defense side of the ball. And we just didn't come to play, man. was not very effective on either side of the ball for the most part. There were highlights, and we'll kind of get into some of those. But I just think all around we were not prepared as a team um, to play, to play on Sunday. And and that's kind of big for us. One of the biggest things I think we saw, and it's not all on Kirk Cousins. You can't put it all on Kirk Cousins. But, I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. Um, The offseason was filled with talks about how Kirk Cousins, was he worth the $24 million or a long-term deal or another franchise. And then here we are talking in 2018. Is it going to be a third franchise tag in a row? And that ridiculous cap that that come with that. And for him to come out that like that week one and, and not perform at the level that we desire him to, um, like I said, for that $24 million was a, l- a little shocking, um, to say the least. I think the biggest thing with Kirk Cousins has always been his confidence, which is why I think we we have been very cautious with paying him that dollar amount. He was airing on passes again as he was last year, overthrows on the smallest receivers on our team, and just not all around like getting the ball where it needed to be on time. I felt like some reads took him a lot longer. Plays developed, and there were passes to be made, but he found himself kind of starstruck on, on various players. Definitely Terrell Pryor early. I felt like we forced a couple passes to him. The near interception there by uh, Nigel Bradham was a perfect example of how he kind of locked on to one player and, and, and never really got it going. For the entire game, we had like 40 attempts in the passing in the game, and, and that's not it's just not a stat that we've always been accustomed to, essentially, especially when only running the ball for 13 or so times. I know the, the box score says 17, but I – I truly, outside of the the one read option that he had, I don't really count Kirk Cousins' runs um, for the simple fact that, that they weren't the design play. play. Plays broken down for various reasons, and he was able to escape and get us positive yards, but that wasn't the play that we were going for. So um, in, in that regards, like I said, we only had 13 rushes. Robert Kelly, we have to give him the ball more. After all the praise that, that Coach Gruden gave him in the offseason, all the talk about him being leaner and just how he came in a lot more 
um, aggressive this offseason, um, took that starting role and, and performed well throughout training camp. I didn't quite see that um, during week one. Again, that's not on him. That's on the play call, and we have to put him in position to be successful. We've always been an offense that succeeded best when we established a run and was able to develop our play action. No, we do not have that downfield threat anymore, Deshaun Jackson. That was evident. But uh, Terrell Pryor has speed as well. Um, not blazing and elite like Deshaun, but he can he can get behind the defense. So, And with his size, it makes him almost sometimes a, a better threat down the field. But with 10 carries all game, that's just, that's just, just not going to cut it. And the game was very close to the end, so there was no reason why we shouldn't have stuck with it. And that's something that I hope we fix going forward. But in order to be effective, we definitely got to run the ball a lot more. I would love to see Samaje P. Ryan get some carries, but outside of special teams, he didn't get a lot of, a lot of uh, touches as well. Not concerning being that that's only week one, and you know you kind of get into your tendencies and figure out what your starters are going to do for you. But going forward, um, he definitely needs to get more involved in the running game. I think what he had in Oklahoma definitely can translate well to the NFL. Now, there will be some rookie mistakes in the game. We'll have to slow down, but that can only happen if you get the carries that I think he deserves. And that's at least five touches a game. I think 15, 5, and 5 for Kelly, Thompson, and P. Ryan, respectively, is where we should be around the game, around 20 to 25 touches on the ground unless the game is ridiculously out of hand. And at no point score-wise, um, I think physically they definitely beat up on us for the majority of the game. But we were still in that game for a long period of time. I just think we kind of took ourselves out of it. The offensive line has to play better. They, like Kirk Cousins, just never really settled in the rhythm. Morgan, Morgan Moses is obviously hurt. There was a, a moment of silence when Trent Williams went down because we definitely don't need him falling down with any injuries for a long period of time. But Morgan Moses is definitely still playing hurt. That's unfortunate. He just signed a long-term deal in, in the offseason, so we definitely need him to play better. But Brandon Graham definitely imposed his will the entire game, um, not only with sacks. He had two of them. And then that, that very crucial one at the end of the game, which kind of put it out of hand. But they applied pressure on Kirk Cousins all day. Um, I think he never got comfortable in the pocket. That was evident on that overthrow, on the interception. I think he just kind of forced a pass, thinking the pocket was collapsing on him because of what had happened all day. Just overly excited and, and just missed his mark and overthrew him. But, I mean, it, it's a dependent game, man. So we have to get better offensively. Uh, what we saw can't be the norm, and it, it, it shouldn't be the norm, given how much money we've invested in our right tackles. And Brandon Sheriff himself, who has to have a better game, will – be looking for it for a contract extension soon. So all the talk of what we had in the offensive line did not show on Sunday. We have to get better. There are small things we need to fix. Another big point of concern, and I don't—I I hate to use the word concern with it only being week one, but Josh Dotson, where was he? 40 passing attempts, zero targets. Was essentially a non-factor in this game. Ryan Grant, who's always been a, a, a silent contributor, the quiet man on the team who I don't think – um, is underrated in our scheme because he can be effective, but on long term, I don't think he's a guy that we need to be putting up those type of numbers. The numbers he had should have been easily Josh Dotson numbers. Not saying that Ryan Grant can't be a contributor, but if you follow the Redskins, Josh Dotson was brought in for a specific reason to be the successor behind Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon. And uh, I have yet to see that. If he's not injured, we need to find ways to get him the ball. Um, presser today that, that Gruden 
uh, alluded to practice and earning playing time and, and, and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, man, if you can play football on Sundays, you can play football. And if you're out there, you need to be a contributor. And you can only contribute as a wide receiver if you're getting the ball. There were a couple of times he was open. He had found soft spots in the, in the defense and Kurt looked other way. So I hate to look into there and say there's more to it. I, I would hope it's not more to it. And, you know, uh, people have a – there's a narrative that if you're not a Gruden guy, then – he finds a way to get rid of you, uh, i.e. Uh, RG3 to some extent. Um, Matt Jones, who I think that was kind of self-inflicted, but was prematurely forced in that position, I'd say by Jay Gruden um, out of uh, Washington. But that narrative, I-, I hope that's not the case here. Josh Dotson is, is, a, is a, a talented player. I think he definitely can contribute for us on Sundays. Um, his size is what you would desire of a wide receiver at that speed. Uh, he ran a four or five at the combine, and he can jump out the gym with a with a catch radius that's uh pretty pretty uh, impressive. So we have to find ways to get him the ball against the Rams. That just has to happen. Chris Thompson has to get more more touches, both in the passing and rushing games, to be effective. And, and Jamison Crowder has to find it too. I think this game was the you, you could pick your poison on what exactly went wrong, but a, a lot of a lot of things to fix. But it all starts with establishing a run. Um, there was a, a stat that we're like 2-20. and 20, We don't rush for 90 yards. And that just can't be the case. We have to run the ball, as almost every other team in the NFL, if you want to be successful. And ironically enough, we, we had uh, 3.8 yards per carry. I think Robert Kelly was right around 3 um, total for, uh, for actually rushes. But we just stopped running away from the ball. So our offense will get better. I look forward to that. Now, defensively, I think we had some highlights. Um, I definitely think the play of Zach Brown and, and Kendall Fuller um, deserves some recognition and applaud. Uh, I think they both came out. Kendall Fuller is a lot more confident than he was last year. I think he's reading plays. I think the game is slowed down for him, very similar to how it slowed down for his brother in Chicago. And, and that can only be beneficial for the Redskins uh, long term. He, he's, a, he's playing a more aggressive at the point of attack. Whereas last year he kind of got bullied in some situations. That's not happening as much um, in this game. Evident on on the swing pass that he broke up and caused a forced fumble. And then beating Torrey Smith on one screenplay to make a tackle as well. So a lot of impressive things um, to come for Kendall Fuller. I think he's a player that when we drafted him, we knew what we were getting. And the game is slowing down. And that's the biggest thing for a cornerback. Um, once the game slows down, he's able to make his reads and trust his reads and what his eyes tell him that he can only get better. So big things for Kendall Fuller going forward. Um, I think Zach Brown may be our best acquisition um, in this offseason. That speed is is what we desired of a middle linebacker. And he played sideline to sideline. And he was able to be effective not not only in in the pass game, but most importantly in the run game. I think he had a couple crucial uh, third down stops for us that that helped our defense get off the field. Not that we did that much was on the flip side of that problem. I think the the Eagles converted almost 60% of their third down conversions and no team uh, can allow a team to have the ball that many times to be effective in any game. And we have to get better at that. Uh, We have to be more aggressive at the point of attack. I believe our defensive line is coming along. Um, They got stagnant a lot. If you watch it, they, uh, they would engage with the offensive line and, and not really, not really continue to press on. It seemed as if they just kind of relaxed on a couple They engaged and they were unable to disengage from the blockers. Um, and just gave Carson Wentz way too much time. Carson Wentz, I think, threw for over 300 yards. You won't win like that in the NFL, allowing the quarterback to sit back there as long as he did. So I don't know if the answer is to send more pressure because we obviously haven't quite um, got our uh, zone concepts down. There's a lot of people – 
find the soft spots in our defense. I knew it would happen, but we got we got to get better at that. Definitely applying pressure, giving our secondary a little more time, a little more time to find the routes and settle up under them. If we're going to give Carson a long time to let these routes fully develop and run around, then that's going to happen. Um, that's definitely evident on that first touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I think which was one of those big moments in the game. Like a gut punch, I'd say, for our defense. As for as hard as we worked on that play, I think like he evaded like three defenders, Jonathan Allen being the first one, and then threw it like 30, 40 yards down the field um, for a touchdown. So plays like that, they're going to happen. I mean, but we got to be able to bounce back. And we did for a while. The Ryan Kerrigan interception for a touchdown was real big. I thought that was a momentum swing for us. It, it got us back into the game mentally. For a while there, we were kind of hanging around, lulling, just letting them drive big plays, but but not finishing for touchdowns, and I know they jumped out to a 13-0 lead, but that that, that interception definitely um, got us in the right position, I'd say mentally as far as the game. Um, but then for the remainder of the game, definitely in the second half, I believe we came out flat. We did enough, like, like I keep saying, to not give up points, but not getting off the field, giving our offense opportunity. And time was real big. Um, like I said, 8 for 14 conversions. Conversely, I think we were only 4 of 11. And then our defense got tired towards the end. They were able to control the clock. I think time of possession was their squint in their swing for about nine to ten minutes, and you know it, we just never quite developed. Um, going looking into week two, I think I think we'll 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 attack Jared Goff a little more um, than we did Carson Wentz. He's a little less agile. Um, we're basically assuming they're going to try to feed Todd Gurley, which is going to bring a, a extra defender in the box. I'm looking for DJ Swearinger to play a lot more um, in the box this game. Um, like I said, providing that extra defender and run defense, which we may need. Offensive line isn't as good, although they look very effective against the Colts. But, I mean, that is the Colts, so we'll see. I'm looking forward to that. Um, it, it should be a good game. It should come out into a Redskins victory. So, a nasty week one. Um, it definitely wasn't what we expected, not what we needed to start the season off against a division rival. You never want to start the season off 0-1. It leads people to panic. I can't tell you how many people at work uh, was ready to just uh, tuck the season away. You know, 0-1, like it is if it eventually go to 0-16. But there were definitely bright spots. We just got to fix them. Offensively, we got to get a lot of stuff together. But defensively, I think we'll be there. And if if our offense isn't scoring, then we have the, the ability to create turnovers and score for ourselves on the defense side of the ball. So I'm sure we'll we'll correct those rights going into the week two, and we'll be fine, man. I think there's a couple, like I said, I keep harping on it, but the run is so important to us that it can't be overstated. Morgan Moses right now with his injury that I don't think is spoken about, but he's not 100% yet. So we'd rather have him going forward and run block than trying to uh, stage up and kick block back to defend a, a defensive end or outside linebacker. So I'm, I'm sure that's something that, that we'll look at going into week two and and definitely prepare for it against this great, amazing Rams defense. I think uh, Aaron Donald will play this game, and if he plays this game, then that's just one more defender that we got to worry about. With our interior linemen, as it is, it's going to be a test, so we can't afford to uh, basically handicap ourselves by not attacking that defensive line, but rather being passive and letting them attack us. So, so I look forward to seeing what we do in that game. It's going to be intriguing, to say the least. The other big game for us to watch this past weekend was that Cowboys-Giants game, man. I 
And for what it's worth, I didn't expect much once uh, OBJ was out. So I won't go too much into it, but I'll just say this. Um, right now, if I had to rank us, well, I'd say we're third. The Giants is right now the obvious last team in the NFC East if there were some type of power rankings for us. Again, it's only week one, but they got a lot of work to do. Um, the Cowboys look good. I hate them, but they look good. And that was expected. Their offensive line it has always been their strong suit. And then with Zeke behind him with the, his legal situations behind him right now, hopefully he'll be on the field. And if he continues to be out there and Dak is, is very cautious with the ball as he's always been, then they should be a team that, that we look to face. So I can't wait to play them in October. Hopefully we got our problems together by then and it'll be an exciting game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to next week. If you haven't been on the website, check out the website, sportcouchdad.com. Um, it'll be on the description within this this podcast. Check it out for any blogs. I think for week two, we're going to do an NFL Pick'ems for a $25 gift card to Best Buy or, or some other store. Um, just to, you know what I'm saying, kind of gain some traction um, and have some fun. I think there's a lot of games tied up for week two. I'll put my predictions up in the blog later on. and Just check out any of the recurring blogs that I have done so far. Check out the Twitter account at sportscouchdad. Um, especially during the Sunday's game, man. I sit on the couch and I just tweet as anybody else would, as well as tweeting throughout the week. So definitely like to get involved and talk with a lot of the Redskins fans about what's going on with the team. I know it hasn't started out as, as one, but we got a great season ahead of us. A lot, a lot of great talent, and, and I'll address some of those on future blogs that I write. I'm excited about a lot of our young players and, and seeing where they go for us for our team. And hopefully we can get a lot of that talent on the field and and display some of that talent that they have and the potential that can be for our team. Uh, don't let this one game ruin things or s- slight how you feel about the team. There's a lot of impressive talent on this team, and, and once we get it together, notice we our biggest loss in this offseason, I will say, is our offensive coordinator, Sean McVay. I think it was very evident on um, what he was to the team as far as the play action and, and being able to get the players to ball. But uh, like, like I keep saying, it's only week one. No, no reason to panic just yet. Although it does look dim and very similar to last year's offense. Last year's, if you take away that tie, we were uh, 9-7, and um, which could have got us in the playoffs. So, again, you've been listening to the Redskins Couch Dad podcast. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to talking to you next week.